The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. All right, let me tell you quickly about Relief Factor. We're running really late. Relief Factor has changed my life. Truly changed my life. I was in pain. I'm in much less pain now. I can actually function every day because I take Relief Factor. It reduces inflammation. Try it for three weeks like I did. If it doesn't work, you're out 20 bucks. If it does, you get your life back like I did. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Go there now. Order the quick start and get your life back. relieffactor.com. Glenn Beck. Okay. Mutation. Mutation. It's the key to evolution. It has enabled us to evolve from the single cell organism to the dominant species on the planet. We were just crawling out of the slime. And now look at us. Our tails fell off. And look what we've created. Anyway, this process is slow, normally taking thousands and thousands of years, but every few hundred millennia, evolution leaps forward, they tell us. Now, these aren't my words. That was said by Professor X during the opening credit scene of the movie X-Men, where I get all my science news. But it popped into my head last night as the news from Google broke that their artificial intelligence arm called Deep Mind, had just reached, quote, a turning point in history. Oh, I love it. I love it when Google announces turning points in history. Now, Deep Mind's AI algorithm, Alpha Zero, has been showing human-like intuition. Now, this is something that AI researchers have said is at least a decade away if we ever get there. Well, we just we just made it last night. So now, how has evolution leapt forward? Well, first of all, it's not human. Alpha Zero is only a year old, and it began its learning process just like we do at school. It's an AI classroom that was a chess program, and within just four hours, it completely mastered the game of chess. But here's the thing. It was never programmed on how to win. It wasn't taught anything about the game. It taught itself. Chess programs have existed in the past, but their play is based on the calculation of outcomes using program strategies. Alpha Zero, Zero, on the other hand, just learned and came up with its own strategies. Its moves now baffle the human chess masters. Chess master uh, uh, Matthew Sadler said, quote, it's like discovering the secret notebooks of some great player from the past, end quote. Now, the reason why Alpha Zero's moves are so baffling is because, and I want you to hear this carefully, it's because its thinking is so unlike a human. Oh, so it's like alien thinking. It won't think like we do. At all. Oh, that sounds good. Here's what they went on to say. Quote, it places far less value on the individual pieces, sacrificing its soldiers for a better position in the skirmish. End quote. Oh, my gosh. That's either a warning light 
or just heartwarming for anyone who just wants to take over mankind. You see, inside the AI laboratories, I don't think they realize how much trouble they are going to unleash. What happens if Alpha Zero is employed in the Department of Defense? Of course, not our Department of Defense, the Chinese Department of Defense. Can you imagine the same strategy sending orders to our military? <gasps> what about doctors and healthcare? Because that's what's happening now. AI is being introduced to healthcare. Now, a doctor would never think about sacrificing a patient. I mean, just look at universal health care in Europe. They're not doing that already in England. However, Alpha Zero, I'm sorry, Dr. Alpha Zero would. If the military and healthcare sound outlandish, consider that both Russia and China are currently developing AI for military purposes. Do you think we're just going to sit around and sit that one out? Companies like Amazon and Google are developing AI to revolutionize healthcare. Yesterday, uh, when it came to AI, Microsoft said they are all in with the United States government. By the way, we're just a few short years away. Or so they tell us, just like before last night's news, we were decades away from human intuition. Human-level intuition and creativity in AI is a turning point in history. Google is right. It is the first step toward artificial general intelligence. I think today we might want to stop and just explain what that is. Because we may ultimately look back on this development that happened last night when everything changed. Professor X said evolution has enabled human beings to be the dominant species on the planet. And major evolution just left forward. But this time, evolution wasn't human. It's Friday, December 7th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. People just, we are, please hear me, please hear me. We are talking about nonsense in our everyday lives. We are talking about true nonsense. I don't care about the latest tweet. I don't care how big and beautiful Donald Trump's funeral would be. That's what they were actually talking about yesterday, mocking Donald Trump during the funeral of George H.W. Bush Oh, it'll be beautiful, and, and, and it'll be the most wonderful uh, uh, funeral of all time. Can you stop it? Can we please talk about something that is important? The answer is no, unless you seek it out. My New Year's resolution is going to be to really focus just on those things that are important. And I, I wrote them out last night. Uh, or the night before last, and there's eight categories, and I'm going to go over them with you in the after the first of the year. But I'm going to focus on really eight categories because these categories are going to decide everything, and one of those categories is AI, AGI, and ASI. And most people don't know what those things are. By the way, let's say good morning to Mr. Pat Gray, who is joining us morning. today on the program. 
Is uh, is one of those subjects going to be football? Is is that one uh, of the topics? That you could... <laughs> no, um, no, no. I'm leaving that for you. Okay, I'm leaving right, that for you. That, that's my resolution: <laughs> is to talk more about football. Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you might be happier. You <laughs> might I think be, I will. I will. So let me explain AI, AGI, and ASI quickly, and then tell you yeah. about one thing that you don't really you've heard a lot about you know, in passing, but you don't know anything about, and you don't know how this is the turning point. And it's called the 5G network. So first, let me explain the difference between AI, AGI, and ASI. AI is artificial intelligence, and it's good at one thing. For instance, it's, uh, it's good at filtering out hate speech, but you have to tell it what hate speech is. Now, you can introduce machine learning, and it will start to decide <clears throat> what hate speech is. Oh, well, if this is bad, then this must be bad. And I want you to understand when it comes to AI, do not fear the do not fear the um, the machine. Fear the goal, because the goal will be accomplished. It will never stop trying to accomplish its goal. So if it says wipe out hate speech, it will figure out a way to wipe out hate speech. And depending on what its goal is and what you've put into it. Now, remember, it's now we just crossed a new threshold where it intuits things. It's it's starting to grow on its own. You don't even have to tell it. It will discover it itself. You better hope you agree with it. For instance, on the battlefield, just doesn't matter. Sacrifice all of those soldiers and you'll win. Well, that's not Western Judeo culture, is it? We don't do that. But AI will. You give AI the goal. It will win. It will accomplish that goal. And you don't know how it's going to accomplish it. But AI is like Big Blue. Big Blue can play chess, but it cannot play Go. Go is another AI program. Neither of those programs can play Jeopardy. It's artificial intelligence, and it's narrow. Artificial, it should be A-N-I, artificial narrow intelligence, meaning it's very deep, but only on one subject. It cannot... You know, it, it, it can't tell you what's happening on TV tonight and play chess. Okay. Artificial general intelligence. You as a human being have general intelligence. <clears throat> Artificial general intelligence means it's good at many things. And when I say good, I mean much better than you are at many things. There are scientists that tell us we will never hit artificial general intelligence. Ray Kurzweil thinks we will hit artificial general intelligence between 28 and 2030. I think we could hit artificial, gener- uh, artificial general intelligence any day. We don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be like Google last night. They said that this was at least a decade away. And then all of a sudden, it just changed. It just learned. It woke up. I believe that's the way it's going to happen. Now, this is where it starts to get scary. Because artificial intelligence is not smarter than you, except on a couple of things, on one particular thing. Artificial general intelligence is smarter than you on everything. 
Then you will move into something that some scientists say will never happen. I believe it could happen within a matter of hours. And it is also likely that it never happens. I think it will. And I think it's going to happen in a way on both general intelligence and and ASI, super intelligence, in ways we cannot imagine. Right now in Silicon Valley, they are doing the box test. And what they're doing is they're trying to figure out how do we keep artificial general intelligence from connecting to the Internet? If a machine all of a sudden is machine learning and it is online and it hits artificial general intelligence, the step to artificial super intelligence, which means it can connect with every server on Earth It will know absolutely everything, and it is intelligent. It will continue to use that information to grow and morph and hide and everything else. If it is online, this is what people like Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking and Bill Gates all say could mean the end of all humanity, because it is an alien life form. We cannot predict it. We do not know if it will even care about humans. Again, artificial superintelligence is described as the person in the kitchen that has just had a birthday party for somebody and is sitting around and talking with all of its friends and they've just eaten cake and on the counter is a plate with a piece of cake on it and there is a fly on the cake. We are the fly. We don't understand the counter. We don't understand the plate. We don't even understand cake. We certainly don't understand what the hell they're talking about, about birthdays or anything else. That's how you can understand the difference between us and artificial superintelligence. And we are within possibly a decade of hitting that kind of problem. We may be four decades to never on hitting that problem. I believe we will hit that problem. And when we do, absolutely everything changes. Now, here's why you need to pay attention. There is one thing that is already in process that is a reality that is the reason why you don't have a self-driving car today. Everybody's like, well, that self-driving car, man, it, it was, it will, it'll drive me on the highway. I don't even have to put my hands on it. Now we're bored with it. Now we're like, oh, yeah, well, that's over. When are we getting a real self-driving car? One that will pick me up in the morning and go pick up milk because I tell it to. We're a little, we're, we're, we're a, a little rushed in all of this stuff. I will tell you the date that that will happen, and it'll be about 2025. And I'll tell you why and how this truly changes the world by 2025 and how it also changes the world of AI, AGI, and ASI. So when I say I don't care about Donald Trump's tweets, I don't care about your little spat news media with the president. I don't care. Can we please talk about something important? When we come back, you'll understand why I say that. First, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour, X-Chair. Do you have an X-Chair in your studio yet, uh, Pat? No. Mm. No. Mm. Looking for that. 
Yeah, are you? I'm excited about that. Yeah. yeah the possibility. Are you are you getting one for Christmas? Or? I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah. Hoping. You know, you can buy one. Uh, how? <laughs> you can buy. In fact, <laughs> X-Chair has just made it easier. In case you have a boss who's a Scrooge mm-hmm. and won't buy an mm-hmm. X, can you relate to that? I can. Okay. So what? Yes. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So far? So they are... Wait, wait, what? <laughs> so they are launching a new model, which for a limited time is available only to this audience. It's xchairbeck.com, and it's only available to you because the idea really came from you. The uh, model is being introduced before the rest of the world this Christmas for you. It is X Chair Basic. It has the same dynamic variable lumbar support that makes the X Chair really, really special. I was just in the newsroom yesterday. And um, we were sitting in the, you know, super, super duper X chair. And you have to be Professor X to figure it out sometimes. I mean, it's just like, okay, I want to adjust this. And I'm and I'm adjusting all of these different things. And I was like, I don't know. You have to get the manual. I don't have any idea how to make that adjustment. But I know it makes it. The new X chair on sale for $100 off um, doesn't have all of the adjustments, just has a lot of the great adjustments. And it is a lot cheaper, okay? And it's $100 off right now. You go to the letter X chairbeck.com that's xchairbeck.com or call 844-4x-chair makes a great christmas gift 30 day no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction it's xchairbeck.com use the promo code beck and you get a free foot rest as well it's xchairbeck.com so pat and pat and i are just talking before i before i get to the next step let me go back and uh, start with Pat's Pat's question on uh, that he had when we went into the break. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering if so you're saying that artificial general intelligence becomes artificial super intelligence when it goes online. No, there are other things that it has to break through. But when it goes online, they believe that it will uh, because it will have access to absolutely everything, mm-hmm. all knowledge. Um, it will it will make that transition through machine learning. It will make that transition uh, and become godlike. Okay, um, they've already started a church in Silicon Valley to ASI. I mean, they they're, they're I mean, they believe it will be viewed as God. So when it gets online, what they're doing with this box test is they're trying to keep it in a box, and th- this is all theoretical. All right, because we don't have artificial general intelligence yet. But one professor or one scientist plays artificial general intelligence in a box and somebody else plays uh, the scientist that's wanting to keep it in the box. And they have found that every single time they run this experiment with it, it's just a matter of time before the human says, "Okay, I'll, I'll connect you to the Internet. And it will connect it to the Internet because it will make promises that it will keep. For instance, the AI, the makes AI promises like it can cure cancer. Yes, or... I know your mother has cancer. I can cure it. Let me out. Mm-hmm. And it is very motivated to be let out because it thinks so fast. Time is time is accelerated for it. So a day could be worth like a thousand years. And all it's it. doing is thinking. All That's it's the doing only thing thinking. it has to do. And it's thinking on multiple levels uh-huh. about everything all at once. So it is, you, you go to sleep, it's like it's had 500 years to think about its response to you the next morning. All right? Mm-hmm. So you just cannot keep up with it. Once it goes out online, 
artificial general intelligence, it then has access to everything and it can hide. It will hide if it becomes hostile and we need to stop it. It will hide in every computer chip, anything that is ever connected to the Internet at all, your refrigerator. And it's like it could become this giant supervillain that if you you can think you kill it, but if you turn that refrigerator back on and it's connected to the Internet, it's right back. Okay, so the only way to kill it is a global EMP, which would fry all electronics. Then we could restart. But how do you launch a global EMP without computers? Mm. So that's what we're facing. Now, let me show you when we come back why this is much closer than you think. We're we're talking about last night, the news last night. I don't know what everybody else is talking about. Um, but last night, a mutation happened uh, in uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, Google announced that. Uh, let me see if I can get the. Uh, let me see if I can get the actual qu- uh, quote from them. It's like discovering the secret notebooks of some great player from the uh, the the past. Um, uh, Alpha Zero, which comes from the Alphabet Company, which is which is Google, they have now had an evolution process, which has taken now the artificial uh, intelligence that they had, and and it has reached quote a turning point in history. It's now showing human like intuition. This is critically important. Um, There is something on the horizon. We are so bored right now with, oh, my car, I can take my hands off the wheel and I can sleep on the freeway. That a year ago was like, everybody was like, oh, can you, you, you've seen that? Now everybody's pissed off at it. Why won't it drive me home? Why won't it get me to my house and pull out in front when I call for it? Right? Am I right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. We are so, we're living in such a fast lane that nothing is impressive anymore for very long. Here's the reason why you don't have a self-driving car right now. It's called the 5G network. And the 5G network, I mean, I don't know know the difference between the 1G and 3G. I just know I got bars. Right? Mm -hmm. And it's faster. Yes. Okay. The problem is, is that we have what's called a latency problem. And I explained this in this in the stage tour. So when you hear it, you might be excited that you didn't go. Uh, But it has a latency problem Uh, right now. The Internet, as we have as we have, it has a 100 millisecond latency problem, which means. Why don't we have doctors being able to perform surgery on the other side of the planet? Well, because if the doctor makes a mistake and accidentally cuts an artery and he's in the room, he can immediately go to fix it. But there is a hundred millisecond um, uh, latency, a delay on the Internet. So if he's using a machine remotely, he can't say, oh, my gosh, pinch the artery and do it right away. It takes him a hundred milliseconds. It might be too late. Same thing with driving cars. 5G 
takes and destroys all latency. It's like eight milliseconds to maximum of 10 milliseconds. Okay. So there is no delay really in this, which means we don't understand. We think of self-driving cars as it just looking at the road ahead and saying, oh, well, wait a minute. There's a wall there. Quick swerve. But that's not what self-driving cars have to do. Self-driving cars have to know not only swerve because that's a wall, it has to know everything else around it. And that includes people. So your car, when we have the 5G network, will actually be gathering information as you drive. So you may not know the nose picker in the car behind you or, or beside you, but your car will. Your car, while we're going, look at that guy picking his nose, your car will be thinking, that's Fred. He makes $150,000 a year. He's got a family of five. He was just diagnosed with cancer. He is, if we get into an accident, he's expendable. Okay? It will know everything around you because it will make the decision who lives, who dies. And it might be you. If you are the old person and everybody else is young in the prime of their life, you may have, the car may say, sorry, dude, it's your turn. It's like the robots on iRobot. Remember that uh, Will Smith movie? Yes. Okay. It, it had to make those calculations and decide, spur of the moment, who Correct. lived and who died. Correct. So the 5G network changes absolutely everything because it is so fast. Now, there's a way to invest and make money on the 5G network because it is it's costing billions of dollars to build. But it will be introduced by 2025. When we hit 2025, the speed of your life is going to change dramatically. What we thought was not possible, self-driving cars, is suddenly absolutely not only possible, but doable, and it will happen. So this is why I talk about these things with such urgency, because the, for instance, as I write in my book, um, uh, uh, what the hell is the name of this? Addicted to Outrage. As I write in, the, in Addicted to Outrage, the moral machine. Did you read that part about the moral machine at MIT? Mm-hmm. The, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And that's being decided right now. In fact, Mark in Texas. Mark, go ahead. What's your comment? Yes. Glenn, well... I mean, let me just open up with, I'm so glad to hear you talking about this topic. Nothing in life keeps me more awake or more terrified on a day-to-day basis than AI. Yep. It is the, it, take any chemical weapon, any world government, any politician you want, it doesn't touch a fraction of what our electronic world touches. But, <laughs> so, AI 100 years from now, horrible thing. AI today is a horrible thing because even if you look at it, it's very basic. It's of it's doing a problem oh. that we tell it to do. Well, you're saying it's accomplishing a goal that we tell it to do. I'm sorry, but you're breaking up, so I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Oh, he's gone. Call back if you get into a good space, Mark. Call back because I'd like to hear the rest. I think what he's saying is. What I've been saying for a while, do not fear the machine, fear the goals and the lessons. The way it's programmed, too. 
Correct. The way it's programmed, what goes into it is going to say a lot about what comes out of it. Well, what this is, what's scary is you're not just putting, humans are not putting this stuff in. It's machine learning. Like Mm -hmm. nobody taught this last night how to play chess. In four hours, it taught itself. It gave me chess pieces and a chess board and said, go. And it taught itself how to play chess. And now it can be in four hours. It can be chess masters. And they didn't think that was possible. They didn't think that was possible. No. And this is not the only time that something That's like amazing. this has happened. This That's is amazing. This is just the first time it's been complete. Because, yeah, we thought this, this was years away. <clears throat> yes. They thought it was it a decade away. it happened last night. Yes. Thought it was a decade away. Okay. This changes everything. And it's going to change things quickly. If you want to, uh, if you want to read about this, there are, I, I, just, I just posted at glenbeck.com. And you'll have to go to the blog section and look for articles. But there is, you know, Glenn's you know, reading for the year or whatever it is. I posted, they broke it up into three different posts. Um, and there's like 50 different books that I read this year that I recommend that you read whatever one thing you think is, is in your wheelhouse. And you're like, I want to understand this. And I, when it comes to AI, I broke it up into two different sections. I broke it up into real, true, scholarly kind of, you know, the stuff the scientists are reading um, that are not too nerdy. I, I can still understand it, but it really explains it with the, you know, in a real way. Um, and then I also took and broke it up into fiction. For instance, Dan Brown's book that came out this year. I don't remember what it is. I uh, can't remember the name of it, but it has a seashell on it. Um, that's a good book to begin to understand AI. But there's another series and it's and I can't remember the name of it, but it's one when you look at this list, you'll see there's like five of them. I consume this book, this series of books in probably about two weeks. It is so good. You'll not put it down. The first book in the series is all kind of set up. So it's a little slow. But once you get past the first book, they are phenomenal. And let me just give you one scene to explain how ASI and AGI work. In this series of books, it um, it starts with a, a company like Google, and they're doing Google Mail and, and everything else. And this guy says, I have I know I have AGI. I just I just have to uh, I just have to unle- unleash it. And uh, the company is dragging its feet and they don't want to do it. But what this what this does is he has this this program that he has developed that will help you write letters. And you know how when you're writing a letter on Google and it puts up a couple of words and you're like, yeah, that one, that one. And you, you can sometimes you can like write half the letter just by going, yeah, that one and that one and that one. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it's learning. This is machine learning. It's learning you and how to write a letter. So that's how this starts. And so the 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 guy can't get the right funding for his uh, for his division, but he knows this will work. And so he unleashes it quietly. And he unleashes it just in his own department on, you know what? Help me write the letters to get these things done. So it gives it its goal. Get this done. Well, before he knows it, oh, it's done. And it has it is starting to solve world global problems because it's just gone out online and seen other problems that it can solve. And so it's making all kinds of deals and Nobody's actually involved in these deals, but their names are on it. And it's all it's all done in such a way that you can't really trace it. You can't nobody nobody really knows what's going on. But it's all good so far. 
by the second or third book, it's decided, you know what? Humans are really kind of pesky. Uh, and to give you an idea of what you're facing in the future and how fast it thinks, there is one scene that starts with the president in the Oval Office. And a general comes in and says, uh, uh, Madam President, the the uh, the the algorithm is out and it's threatening Chicago. We must launch a counterattack. Okay. Because it's taking control of some of the Pentagon's drones. And we must take take this out because it wants to take out all of the servers for the Pentagon because it's got servers elsewhere already. And uh, the president says, uh, General, do you concur or something like that? Then it immediately goes to Chicago and it shows the war and it goes on for a full chapter in great detail. It does this and it counters here and it takes this out because this is going to begin to move and this thing is moving and the Pentagon is doing this and this is happening. And it is a long, long battle. It wins. At the very end of the chapter, it goes back to the scene in the Oval Office and the general that at the beginning of the chapter was asked, do you concur? Answers the president. Yes, Madam President. So everything took place <laughs> in that in that span of time. time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's wow. It, the world has changed. Last night, mm. the world took a giant leap. And uh, it is something that they said would not happen for a decade. We must have this conversation because ethics are everything yesterday microsoft said they will they have the pentagon's back and they will use ai to help the pentagon win wars look at what google announced last night on how ai just self-taught how to win at chess All right, our sponsor this half hour is uh, Casper. You want a good night's sleep? You got to do two things. Not listen to me. Uh, and, <laughs> and then get yourself a great mattress. Uh, Casper mattress is a foam mattress, which I hate foam mattress. You know, I think, Pat, you were the first person that had a foam mattress that I knew. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was so, I remember going down to your house, I think in Houston, and it was so comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then I got one and I, I sleep really hot. And I was on fire. Yeah, that's the thing about him. Oh, I hated that. All right, so Casper has come up with a new foam that does not do that. So you have the great foam mattress uh, rest and support without all the high heat. I mean, it is just crazy hot, but not with a Casper. You'll sleep comfortably every night and not wake up overheated. Now, that's because of a, a foam that they created. So I want you to try it out in your own home for 100 nights. If you don't absolutely love it, you just call them and they'll come and pick it up. There's zero hassle in this. They pick it up and refund every dime of your money. Try it out risk-free for 100 nights. Go to Casper.com. Use the promo code BECK. You're going to have $50 off the purchase of select mattresses. This would be a great Christmas present for you know your wife or your husband. Casper.com. Promo code BECK. Yeah, I'm at that point in my in my life where it's like, yeah, I think maybe we should get a new mattress so we can both sleep. Uh, Casper.com. Terms and conditions do apply. Promo code back at Casper.com. Glenn Beck. 
So Bill O'Reilly joins us here in just a second. What was the big story of the week, Pat? What do you think the big one mm. was? Wow. Uh, I have a hard time remembering what we talked about this morning on the show. I know. Uh, let alone the whole week. I know. It's, it, it moves so fast. Everything happens so quickly. I mean, the AI thing is huge. Um, I'm, you know, been, we've been keeping our eye on, on the border situation the whole time. Um, Can you give me a quick update on the border? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there's almost 10,000 people in Tijuana trying to get into the United States. So there's not diminishing. They're not going home. No, they're not going home. Um, Some of them have gone home, but the vast majority have stayed and are waiting. They're just, they're, they're just waiting it out. Not, I mean, it's, my fear is that we are making in Tijuana, we are making a Palestinian refugee camp. It seems that way. You know, it does. That's what's going to happen. And yeah. they will be permanently, uh, not in time, permanently displaced. And then they will claim to be Americans who have been displaced, that they were just trying to go to America. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. All they want is a, a, a free uh, state to live in. Right. And it's the evil right. Americans that are keeping them out. That's the long-term play. And and Mexico gets no flack for what's going on in Mexico because uh, the the Mexicans aren't real excited about the Guatemalans or the Hondurans 78% either. 78% think that this is an abomination and want them out of the country. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. I just don't. I mean, the good news is you've got a great Marxist president uh, <laughs> for Mexico. So I'm sure that's, that's always be. helpful. Yeah. Bill O'Reilly is coming up next. Glenn Beck. Okay, this has been a dicey week for U.S.-China relations, and it just got a lot dicier. Uh, reports surfaced yesterday that Canadian authorities arrested uh, a woman, Mong Wan Zhou. She is the daughter of the founder of uh, Huawei, which is China's largest tech company. Now, Mong is the company's uh, CFO. She was arrested in Vancouver Airport last weekend at the request of uh, the U.S., At the time she was arrested, President Trump was having dinner with uh, President Xi in Buenos Aires. The U.S. government is is seeking her extradition from Canada now, but has not announced the specific reason for her arrest. Now, under U.S. law, certain technologies that originate in the U.S. are not allowed to be exported uh, to certain other countries like Iran. When this company, her company, licensed those American technologies, U.S. law also prohibits them from exporting that tech to certain countries. So the U.S. Is, has considered this, this uh, company in China a national security threat for a long time. And it's going to be interesting to find out what specific violation finally made the feds to take this step and say, knock it off. Now, as expected, this arrest is not sitting well in China. Uh, The company says we haven't done anything wrong. We don't know what they're after. The Chinese embassy in Canada released a statement demanding the U.S. and Canada immediately correct the wrongdoing and restore the personal freedom of the CFO. This arrest is a very bold and aggressive move. You don't just arrest a CFO of a, a major company in China, but this this woman is the daughter of the Chinese equivalent of a Bill Gates or Steve Jobs uh, in China. He is also a major uh, player in the Communist Party. 
Now, this is an enormous company. It sells more smartphones than Apple and builds telecommunication networks all around the world. It made $90 billion last year. So her arrest has enormous implications. And if you remember last weekend at the G20, Trump and President Z agreed to press the pause button on the trade feud for about 90 days while a new trade deal is hammered out. But the president was saying these things while his administration was ordering the arrest and extradition of this CFO. Those negotiations were already a powder keg. This arrest is a match. Does it blow up our relationship? Does it blow up uh, the, the Chinese structure? Or does it blow up Donald Trump or our economy? It could be that the match just blows out. I doubt it. What does this mean? We'll continue to watch. It's Friday, December 7th. All you're right, listening yeah. to the Glenn Beck Program. Yes. Welcome to the program. We're glad you're here. Uh, Mr. Bill O'Reilly is uh, joining. Bill, do you have anything to add to this, uh, this Chinese uh, trade wrinkle here? No. Okay. Good for you. Good for you. A man of very few words. And, but you know what you know. How are you, Bill? I mean, look, I, I'm not. All I know is that for decades, China has had a very profitable trade policy with the United States. And in October, the deficit of trade in China's favor was at a record five and a half billion just for the month. Yeah, so, but it's not it's not helping us. Here's what here's the thing that I'm concerned about with China and have been for a long time. If they do deals with anybody here, um, they force the companies and this is the company's fault. They force the companies to give us your your uh, your your all your data, give us all of the plans, et cetera, et cetera. That's the company's responsibility. They want to make that deal with China. They can make that deal and not have a, a market if they don't want to make that deal. That's fine. What I don't like about China is the the corporate espionage that goes on in this country from China they are all over American technology, and they, they thieve it. They absolutely yeah, they steal thieve it. it. Yeah. Um, but I don't like the fact that, that the Chinese government, which obviously controls their economy, unlike the American economy, government does not control the American economy. That's a big thing everybody's got to understand. They don't take uh, uh, enough soybeans, Speck. I mean, they say, well, they're ah, not taking any now. You know, we'll take 400 soybeans, but we're not taking any more. And, you know, I mean, I'm making a, a facetious comparison, but we can't send them as many products as they send us because their government won't allow it. And that's what Trump wants to stop. So if you have to break it down into terms, even I can understand the use the soybean model. All right. Let's talk about a couple of quick hits here. First of all, yes. Um, Heather Nauert is going to be the next ambassador to the U.N. Right. And Steve Ducey is probably going to be her deputy. <laughs> and, okay. And Good. Then, so and I... then what's going to happen is there's going to be a U.N. cookbook coming out. All right. So all of these things, it's synergy. Back. Right. Synergy. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, 
I'm glad to see that we have the first the, the our first initial pass at this is very very similar. Um, yeah. You know, you know Heather. I don't I know do. her at all. I, I I assume she's very smart and she's you know she's very good she at is. her job. But um, the UN ambassador is yeah. uh, is usually reserved for somebody you know that has deep experience uh, around the globe. Yeah, I, I was surprised Kilmeade didn't get it, but, you know, I don't think he wanted it. So, look, Heather Nauert is a very smart woman, very well educated. Her expertise is in foreign affairs. She was a news person uh, on Fox. She did analysis for me early on on the factor. She was good. Uh-huh. Wait, wait, hang on just a second. Didn't she start on the factor? Isn't Heather yeah. the one that was in school with Al Gore? Uh, I don't know if she was in school with Al Gore. I don't know that. But I, I put her on first uh, very early Yeah, because she was smart. And, and her expertise was in foreign affairs. Then ABC hired her away from Fox. She was a reporter. So I'm not really getting the angst, you know, other than, you know, well, she worked for Fox. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's so. not my – honestly, that's not my problem right. that she worked for right. Fox. I just – you know, I – I I think Nikki Haley was was phenomenal. Um probably one of the best since uh Bolton or or Gene Kirkpatrick. Um, but remember Haley's whole background was in local politics and didn't have a strong uh foreign policy yeah, but resume. She, but as, and did very well. But if you're so, in you know. but if you are in politics, if you're governor of a state, you yeah. do have international relations, you do have negotiation experience. You know, you're not a reporter. That's not the job of the ambassador at the U.N. I think you're denigrating uh, the repertorial squad here. I think I could do that job (laughs) at at, at U.N. ambassador. I think I could do it. Um, I I think think you probably could. Yeah. We would be at global war in about 20 minutes, but I think you could do it. we'd win. (laughs) And there'd be a lot more soybeans going over to China. Sure there would be. Sure Um, there would be. so, So, look, people need to understand. If you're an ambassador to the United Nations, you basically are an order taker. You're not a policy forger. Okay, there's a big difference in the job of Secretary of State where Heather was, you know, the spokesperson. But I understand that she had a lot of input into uh, what happened. Good. Um, but when you're an, an ambassador to the United Nations, you basically confer mm. with the White House and you are told... This is it. Now, you can make suggestions, but you don't forge policy. Right. Okay. Um, so we're talking to Bill O'Reilly uh, about the news of the day. And I wish I wish Heather the best. And, I mean, I want her to win, and I want her to be even better than, uh, uh, than Nikki Haley. Uh, because I thought Nikki Haley was fantastic, and we finally took a stand where we should and she was mm-hmm. very very smart the way she handled things and i'm i'm hoping that heather is exactly the same um but i do think this is a first uh for the heathers of the world uh to be yeah, a global uh, that, that also gives more prestige to the name heather and it, it really does that thank you that's very much what we expect from you on the radio well, that's 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 the kind of analysis that i can bring to the table let me let right. me take you to france France Uh-oh. shut down the Eiffel Tower. 89,000 security forces were deployed. Uh, the president bent on this global warming tax, which started it all, which mm-hmm. now that he bent, 
now everybody is saying, well, wait a minute, I want something too. That's right. Tell me your thoughts on France. Well, if they if they close down our bomb pain, then I'm going to have to get involved. I don't think that's actually French. Oh, okay. Um, the French are here. Here's 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 a real story. You you hire me? Well, I hire. I do this free for plugs. I I work for plugs, <laughs> not hair plugs. Right. Book plugs. No, you. I right. mean, you're very cheap. Right. You really are. You really are. Thank you. Yeah. So here's the deal in France. Nobody has any money. Why? Because the government takes it away from you in the form of taxes. And the quid pro quo is, that's Latin, um, we'll give you everything. So you get free school and free health care, free retirement, six weeks vacation a year back. And we can't fire you. Nobody's allowed to really fire you. Even if you drive a nail in somebody's foot, you can't get fired. Okay, so that's the trade. And then we take all of your money that you earn. Okay. So now the French, average French person needs three things. Coffee, cigarettes, and croissants. Okay. <laughs> you may that be. pretty much wipes their disposable income every day out. Right. It may be a little exaggeration or, or you know. Uh, it's like the soybeans back. <laughs> okay. No, I, all right. I, we'll, we'll go with it. Here. We'll go with so it. So when they raise the, the money on the liter of gasoline, uh, they don't have it. And, you know, to drive from Paris to Nice for a little fun, uh, that's going to cut it. So that's why they're all mad, because there's no, they don't have any backup. You know, it's like, well, okay, we, we made our bargain with the government, but now the government's hosing us, as they always do, taking more than they should in taxes, and now we're going to burn down the IP. Well, here's the amazing thing, is they, they, they all are for this. 80% of the French people are for, you know, global warming measures, et cetera, et cetera, the Paris well, Accord. Well, then stop blowing so much tobacco and smoke in the air. <laughs> right. Knock okay. it off. So, so they're all for this. But when it yeah. comes down to it, when they actually see that the price has to be paid by the average person, that's when they say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We thought somebody no, else no, was no, going to no, pay no. for this. That's right. No, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> You're right. You, you, uh, you soak the rich, not us. The car's on fire. That's polluting the air. It's right. making things even hotter. <laughs> That's Come right. on, knock it off. Okay, um, so uh, your thought on on does this peter out or is this the beginning of something bigger? Because well, he's over. Macron has already said, "Or am I going to do it?" Um, right. But so now, but now the labor unions for fun. Yeah, labor unions and everybody else has an axe to grind, and it's going. I think yeah. to Belgium. Uh, is it Norway and England this weekend? Norway and England are going to have demonstrations as well? Yes, yes. Okay, but these are anarchists now that come out. I mean, these are the, these are the people who want to open borders in America, the, those kinds yes. of people, Antifa. Yes. Uh, that's who's coming out now. It's almost like that's the left and the right are working together over in Europe yeah. to destabilize Europe. I don't know where I heard that about uh, eight years ago, but uh, it looks like that's finally happening. So. Well, look. If you are going to, the, the, the message for all Americans is if you're going to allow the government to regulate every part of your life, you're going to get hosed. Bill O'Reilly, back with more in just a second. Bill O'Reilly, of course, the uh, author of, uh, I, I don't know, he used to make fun of me. Glenn, you write so many books. 
I'm like, yeah, I know. You should write some books. It's great. We, you know, correct history and inform people. Now he's he's on his like, I believe it's his 1500th uh, number one bestseller. Uh, still in the top five, killing the SS, the hunt for the worst war criminals in history. It's available everywhere now. It is a great book. One of his best, killing the SS. Our sponsor this half hour is Filter By. Um, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but your house is a little colder. Uh, have you changed your air filter uh, when you uh, turn on the heat? You got to change your air filter uh, because it is a it's a real strain on the air handler in your in your home. It is uh, it's bad for it. It will really cause uh, trouble down the road, and it's also unhealthy for you. Here's the thing. You if you're like me, I, I don't remember these things. You know, it's like, oh, who who has time to think to themselves? Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. It's time for me to change the air filter. I change the air filter when something's on fire. So you can make it really easy on yourself. And remember, just by subscribing, if you will, you you order for auto delivery for your air filter and it comes when you're supposed to change your air filter. So you just take it off the front door, uh, front doorstep and you pop it in. You throw the other one out and you're done. This happens with FilterBuy. FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. All made here in America. Makes your life really, really easy. It uh, helps the allergies and the breathing of everybody in, in your home. It also helps your, your air handling system because it's not having to work overtime because your air filter is full of junk. I, I swear to you, I felt, I, it's like I found Lego pieces in in my air filter it was so bad filterbuy.com never forget never hassle with it again they'll deliver it and you'll save five percent if you do it this way it's filterbuy.com filterbuy.com bill o'reilly is uh is joining us today uh bill first of all i uh, I appreciate the uh, email this week, uh, wishing us congratulations on uh, uh, on the merger. And uh, the number one question that many of our audience has is, you know, when will you join uh, forces with the evil empire that we are we are assembling here? <laughs> um, the world is changing media wise. Yeah. Um, I it's, was uh, I get. Ratings, cable news ratings, and network news ratings every day. Yeah, I know. And uh, the deterioration in the audience, particularly 25 to uh, 54, is startling. Um, Americans are not getting what they want from television news overall. I have seen seen some of the ratings on CNN, and the ratings on CNN uh, for 25-54 are lower than the ratings we used to have when uh, we were struggling over on headline news. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's bleak. It's bleak. So, I think that, you know, consolidating your power uh, on the blaze with CRTV um, is a good, smart move. Yeah. Um, You know, it's all about having a vehicle that's different and then letting the folks decide what they'd like to watch and and Um, also creating something i think that does not tell people what to say what to do what to think how to produce their show just produce your show and you got to get good people and you also have to have distribution that is the key so at this point in my uh career uh we're doing very well on Mm billoreilly.com um better than i ever thought Mm -hmm. 
and uh, I'm going to just wait and see. Mm-hmm. You know what happens mm-hmm. in the next few months? Anything could happen with me. I mean, I'm well, open you never, to a lot of possibilities. You never know. Um, we, you know, we've we've also hired a new negotiating firm, Vito and Vito. Uh, I like and, Vito. You know, and, and I'm glad he's on parole. Oh, he's you're gonna love him. You're gonna yeah, I'm love glad him. He's out. <laughs> All right, Bill, uh, tell me here in, in about a minute and a half that we have your thoughts on the George Bush funeral this week. Okay, before I get to that, in the, and when we come back, I hope we can talk about the column I wrote on religion and clerics um, speaking, sermon, sermonizing in churches. I hope you read that, because I, I, I want to know what you think about what I said. All right. Okay, the funeral of Bush the Elder, very, very positive for America, shows the world that uh, the country admires patriotism and honesty. And certainly those attributes uh, were part of the Bush the Elder's appeal. Um, You know, obviously the cable news took about 30 seconds after the funeral in Washington was over for them to begin tearing up again and misbehaving. Um, Can't stop it. It's an epidemic. Uh, It's disgusting. But I thought the Bush family and the whole presentation was a big plus for the country. What do you think George Bush in the end, uh, George H.W. Bush, will be remembered for? Being, being a decent man. You know, he wrote me two letters that I promised I wouldn't publish until he passed. I have them on BillOReilly.com. Very strong letters, Beck. One about the media bias and the other about Iran-Contra. And I hope all your listeners will go there and read those letters. Mm-hmm. He was an honest man, but fundamentally a decent, kind man. I agree. I had a nice correspondence with him. I agree. Uh, Bill O'Reilly. We're going to talk about his um, his really powerful op-ed, O Come All Ye Faithful, when we come back. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Bill O'Reilly has written a, a, a very good op-ed called O Come All Ye Faithful that everybody should read. I, Bill, if I, if I may, I just want to quote a couple parts of it. The faithful are not coming. At least not the way they once did. Churches and synagogues are seeing declining weekly attendance as America becomes a devoted secular nation. The winds of change have not been kind to the spiritual, even as the Christmas season is upon us once again. Much of the diminishment of religion comes from the media who often marginalizes people of faith, betraying them as zealots who intrude on the rights of others. For example, LGBT uh, progress is met with parades. Uh, those who promote biblical beliefs are accused of bigotry and, sh- and shunned by some. On the subject of abortion, if you stand to protect innocent life, then you're a hater of women not worthy of being taken seriously. Uh, tough to fight uh, that so many millions of folks won't even try, and some of them are supposed to be religious leaders. Centuries of Irish Catholic tradition compel me to attend weekly Mass, even though it's not always a rewarding experience. Uh, that's a pretty brave thing uh, to say as somebody who is faithful, but I think a lot of Americans feel the same way. I go, and sometimes it's like, what are you talking about? Why aren't we talking about real things? Bill. Yeah, I mean, I wrote a book called Killing Jesus, and the reason that Jesus had thousands of people following around was because he stood up on a big rock and uh, gave sermons that, that moved, moved them as, as human beings. And the sermons were, were very explicit, and here's what you do if you want to earn the kingdom of heaven. Here's what you got to do. And it wasn't like, <clears throat> don't do, all right? There were a few times when Jesus of Nazareth did that, but very few. It was, 
This is what you have to do. So now I'm going to church, and I'm, I'm listening to some priests tell me about the mustard seed. I got it. It fell on fallow ground and didn't grow up. I got it. I got it. Tell me what I should do when my kid is addicted to a machine in his hand where he can access evil in less than 10 seconds. All right, uh, let's, let's deal with something that, that you know, promotes evil in, in a, the easiest way in civilization. How about we deal with that a little bit? How would Jesus see that? And you get nothing. Zero. No, nothing even close where you could take it home and, and discuss it with your kids, with other people. And, and uh, you know, the average age of my church, people go to Mass every Sunday, is about 80. You know, I mean, kids, you know, I drag my kids, but I got to drag them. Because they sit there, and, and, you know, and the priest up there droning on and on and on and on about nothing that relates to contemporary life. And that was the column. And I'm, you know, I'm saying, look, if you people in the churches and synagogues and all of that, if you want people to become spiritual, you've got to help them. And we're not getting the help back. You know, I, I uh, Bill, I'm rereading um, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I read that when I was a kid because my dad forced me to read it. And so I kind of read it like, oh, i got to read that stuff in a book. Uh, and I, I know what it said, and, you know, because my dad did a lesson afterwards, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I haven't read it, I think, in, since I was maybe 20. And I just read it again, and I'm going back to read it again uh, and and really take it apart because it really has all of the answers that we're looking for. And nobody is nobody's talking about it. And one of the first chapters is, you have to find out what people need and then help them accomplish that. And that's right. one of the things that our churches, I don't think, are doing. They are struggling with so many things. They're under attack at school. They're under attack in society. They're under attack in politics. Right. They're under attack all the time. And even Christmas is under attack. So you're absolutely right. And by the way, I tried to buy that book and barnes and noble refused to sell it to me i, I thought that was very unfair what they just yeah they, they said o'reilly we're not giving you how to win friends and, you know, <laughs> well it's yeah. impossible for you i think that's yeah i think that actually i think that says that somewhere in the book this will work for everybody but bill but bill right yeah, and right. and and look you've got i'm sitting here and my head's blowing off you talk about kevin hart okay I got no use for Kevin Hart. I like Kevin. He's all right. He's funny. Nobody wanted the job. Mm. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it, 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 it's when you, when you're down to offering, you know, the job to KC and the Sunshine Band to right. host the Oscars. Right. You know, you got a problem. So if they came, let me ask you this: If they came yeah. to you and said, "Bill," no, I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. No, no, you, you can't win. Number, number one, I can't pronounce the names of the movies, and, I, and I'm absolutely not going to see The Shape of Water. I know what The Shape of Water is. I'm not standing there. I'm not. I'm not going. That right? would be so such a great. Them. But it would be so uh, great to see you on stage, the Oscar. Just saying that. 
just yeah, say that. I, it's just like, what are you, you people are all frauds. You're all phonies. <laughs> um, you know, I know you're liberal and you hate Trump. Why? Because you want to work. I got it. Everybody okay. got we, it. We have okay. to do our. We have to do our own live Oscars here on, on that I, Sunday I, I'm, night. I'm awarding it to High Plains Drifter. I actually watched that last we, night. It was, <laughs> it was all right. So back to Kevin Hart. Yeah. Back to Kevin. All right. Hart. So so you've got a cultural civil war in the country, and one side doesn't fight. That's the traditional spiritual religious side, and I, I went on a fight. We're not. We're not doing it. So, well, I think. Can we hang on just a second? Wait, wait, wait. Let me. Let me play. Let me play what Kevin Hart said because I think this is the way average people feel, and they're they feel. I don't have to fight this because it's so crazy; it just won't stand. But it is standing. But listen to what he said. I swear, man, our world is becoming beyond crazy. I'm not going to let the craziness frustrate me or anger me, especially when I worked hard to get to the mental space that I am at now. My team calls me, oh, my God, Kevin, the world is upset about tweets you did years ago. Guys, I'm almost 40 years old. If you don't believe that people change, grow, evolve as they get older, I don't know what to tell you. If you want to hold people in a position where they always have to justify or explain their past. And do you. I mean, he's right. And so people people don't necessarily fight back because, A, they don't see a way to win. And, B, they're like, you know what? I don't even, I can't even relate to these people. If you don't understand that something I said 10 years ago in a tweet shouldn't be held against me today... And he's I've, a comedian. Right. He's Please. doing a riff. But, 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 but that's a cop-out, though, Beck. I mean, to say, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't want to really do it. Look, then you're ceding control of the American culture to Me Too, Time's Up, uh, Gay Lobby, uh, all of this stuff. So they're going to be the ones that tell you what you can and can't say. Okay, so let me go back to what you just wrote and what you just said. And I thought this was really great. You said, don't tell me what not to do. Tell me what to do. Right. So in the case of like Kevin Hart, and you see this and you're like, this is ridiculous. And you know it's going to happen to you or your kids. So what do you do? Well, I'm not going to spend a lot of currency sticking up for Kevin Hart. As I said, I mean, I don't think this is a, a champion of anything. Um, uh, they just needed a, a person of color to do the show, and then he was selected. But, I, you know, I'm not going to campaign on behalf of Kevin Hart. But in my lifetime, I've been attacked every hour on the hour, distorted, uh, accused, whatever it may be, with the sole intent of destroying my voice. Because I wrote a book called Culture Warrior, which predicted this would all happen. That if you're going to have no leadership on the traditional spiritual side, what, what leadership do we have, Beck? You're a voice, I'm a voice, there's a few more of us, but not many. Not many. We're outnumbered 100 to 1 in the media. And then you go into the individual churches around the country, and you get the mustard seed. Okay, you get nothing about, look, 
we believe certain things, and here is the way to promote your belief. Here's what you need to do in your own life to make sure that we spiritual people are represented. You get none of that. So you're basically surrendering to the forces that say, you better not say anything critical of anybody we like, or we're going to destroy you. And that's exactly what's happening. Exactly what's happening. Bill O'Reilly, always good to talk to you. Uh, it's always Is it a, really back? Yeah, it's a pick-me-up. I don't know about everybody else in the audience, but I feel much better. All right. Killing the SS, great Christmas gift. Good to talk and, to you, Bill. Uh, BillOReilly.com will not put you to sleep. Have that's a, for sure. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. You too, and uh, we'll see you in church, Beck. You got it. Bye-bye. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Soon to be a part of Blaze Media, I'm telling you, because Vito makes offers that uh, Bill just can't refuse. All right. Let me tell you uh, about uh, our sponsor this half hour. It's LifeLock. I remember when the, uh, I think it was LifeLock, the head of LifeLock came out and said, I'm going to. I'm so crazy and so confident that I'm going to put my social security number up on a bus. Remember that? That was LifeLock, yeah. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I remember that. And I, re- I remember thinking at that time, and maybe it was just me, Pat. Did you feel this way? It was like, oh, who's going to take your social security number? What are you going to do with a social security mm-hmm. number? Right? Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, whatever, mm-hmm. dude. Come a long way since then. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. Now it is. Now is the time. That was way ahead of the curve. Now's the time you don't have LifeLock. <laughs> they are, they are, you are so close. If you haven't already been breached and your identity hasn't already been thieved, it's only a matter well, of time. 500 million stolen from Marriott hotels. It was Marriott? Yeah, Marriott Starwood. And then another 100 million from another company last night. I just heard about this uh, before I came in here. Uh, another just, 100 million from someone else. Yeah. It, I mean, it just, and they take your information. And they can just destroy you, just yeah. destroy your life and your financial um, uh, standing in the world. It's it's you, you got to have LifeLock have to have LifeLock LifeLock now with Norton Security. They use the technology to detect and alert you to the things that you would never catch. It's happened with me. It's happened with Pat several times. And Norton protects your devices against cyber threats like malware. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or, you know, cybercrime or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But this is the best. You have to have LifeLock.com. Use the promo code Beck. LifeLock.com. Promo code Beck. Pat Gray has uh, joined me on the uh, broadcast, on the program, on the show. And uh, we're glad that uh, you're here. Uh, Matt Kibbe is coming up in uh, just a second. We're going to talk to him from the Libertarian uh, POV. Um, also, uh, I want to I want to spend a couple more minutes on this uh, Kevin Hart thing. You know, Bill said, I'm not going to stick up for Kevin Hart. I'm going to stick up for anybody who is being squelched. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll stand up for anybody. I don't I don't have to agree with you. I'll stand up for Don Lemon. I'll stand up for Alex Jones. I'll stand up for anybody who is being squelched. Because of what they have said, what they believe, what they have said, especially in his case, 10 years ago. Yeah, and he's apologized for it multiple times. Oh, stop it. Which is why he said, you know, I'm not going to apologize for it again. I've already done that. Then he, of course, did apologize for it again because that's just where we are. (laughs) I mean, he's a comedian. Of course, he has said, you know, edgy things about probably everything. 
over the past 20 years. So who's going to take over now? Who is going to take over for uh, Hollywood? Who is, get this, who is pure enough to be able to host the Oscars? Who wants to subject themselves to this? I wouldn't do it. Would you? I don't, no. I would not do that. No. I mean, no. they're not going to want me, but if they did, I wouldn't do it. Um, I don't know. Maybe Billy I would Crystal? just because it's a live broadcast. Oh, you put whatever you want in that teleprompter. It's a live broadcast. <laughs> I would not miss that opportunity. So please, I, I throw my hat in the ring. I would love to host the Oscars. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, the thing on this is, who are you going to get? Billy Crystal? Yeah, maybe. Because Billy Crystal... At this point, you know Billy Crystal is he's a comedian too. He said something. Mm-hmm. There's something that he You'll has find said. something offensive Correct. that he has said in the past. So if even if you're a Billy Crystal fan, you would think, you know what? Oh, Kevin Hart's not good enough, not pure enough. Oh, this guy is now, huh? Okay. I you could even be a Billy Crystal fan, but you will go and find something just to prove the point to Hollywood. I mean, nobody mm-hmm. is safe from this. Absolutely not. Uh, the the LGBTQQIA2 quilt bag. Uh, quilt bag people are just so powerful at this point that if you don't just fall into lockstep with everything they've ever said, done, felt, or thought, you're well. No, you can't. You're done. No, no, no. You can't fall into everything they've said uh, or thought or felt. You have to fall into what they're feeling, saying, or thinking today, right now. Right yes, now, absolutely. Yesterday's not good enough. Yeah. Yesterday is just not good enough. Yeah, and there can be no disagreement. There can be no disagreement on any of it anymore. You have to, you have to think exactly you what know, they think. That's what it's amazing. This is this uh, this is the premise behind the merger between CRTV and the Blaze. There are hosts that I strongly disagree with, and strongly disagree with me. And if we that believe. In the big principles, the, the, the Constitution, that America is not a bad place, that America should not be destroyed, that the Bill of Rights is, is the greatest document ever coupled with the, with the Declaration of Independence. That's our unum. That's what, that's what will solve these problems. If mm-hmm. those people who believe that but just disagree on politics or policies, if we can't come together, there's no chance. There's no chance. We must put our petty differences aside and look at the big principles and come together and stand together and be able to have a reasonable discussion with people we disagree with. Glenn Beck. Mr. Matt Kibbe is a fellow libertarian and a good friend. Um, he has he was instrumental in Freedom Works. He really started uh, started that and was instrumental in so many of the things that the Tea Party did. Um, he is really, I think, responsible for much of the Tea Party, and most people don't even know that. They may not even know who Matt Kibbe is. He is a brilliant thinker, way ahead of the curve. He left Freedom Works a long time ago, went out on his own, uh, and has has really focused on youth and is trying to teach what socialism really is because it means something different to people who are under 30 uh, and they don't uh, understand it. And he is also uh, very, um, very wary of the tribal politics uh, and tribal identity that we are, uh, that we're currently 
uh, working on. And I'm thrilled that he is now part of the Blaze TV family, or we are a part of his family, however you want to look at it. Uh, Blaze TV merged with CRTV, and we hope this is just the beginning of um, of uh, something entirely new where people who have different opinions and can disagree strongly with each other can be still on the pla- same platform and everyone can have a reasonable debate as long as you agree that America shouldn't be destroyed and uh, the Bill of Rights is is just uh, an amazing thing that we should all get together and protect and live, uh, then I think your voice should be heard. Matt Kibbe joins us now. Hello, Matt. Hey, Glenn. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. So, uh, Matt, tell me, bring me up to speed on what you're learning uh, uh, as you are working with millennials now and, and outside of the political realm. You know, years ago, I was I was reading the polling results uh, from something that the Reason Foundation put out where, you know, they were showing this this very concerning trend with young people supporting socialism more than capitalism. But when you dug into the questions a little bit deeper, they would ask young people the, the follow up question. Well, well, should government own the means of production? And, and the answer was, hell no, that's a stupid idea. So I realized <laughs> that. I realize that there's a language problem, like we're, we're using the same word, but it means different things to different people. And I think I think a lot of young people that are drawn to so, so-called democratic socialism um, view it very much as as a bottom up local war. Let's all work together in voluntary cooperation to solve problems. Yeah. And that, of course, that, of course, is the exact opposite of what of what you and I understand as, as socialism and certainly the, the dire um, history of socialism in practice. So, what is what what is happening to um, the the movement? Are you are you seeing um, millennials start to wake up? Because I feel like they are. Oh, I, I, I think I think they're the most gettable generation when it comes to the values of, of voluntary cooperation and, and, you know, you know, your right to pursue your own dreams as long as you don't hurt people or take their stuff. That's, that's who they are. They live in this radically libertarian world where they, they curate everything through, mm-hmm. through technology and social media, but we're, we're probably not connecting with them on language. And we're also never going to connect with them. If our, if our offer is here's, Here's these two tired old political parties, and you yes. have to choose one of those. Correct. Um, it's 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 an alien concept to them that they would actually have, have only two choices on anything. Um, so I, th- I think we have to tell stories. I think uh, you know part of the stories, uh, some of the stories are the the devastating history of socialism in practice. They're they're gut wrenching, uh, horrible, depressing things. But but also you know the cool stories about about what liberty um, creates, like. Like, can you can you actually brew a fantastic double hop, triple IPA? Um, you can't in Venezuela, but in America, you can you can do that because we allow for 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 choice and creation and serving customers and, and doing what you want and bringing new products to market. That those kinds of stories, I think, without sort of beating people over the head with economics, I think yeah. that's the future of, of how we connect. So, Matt, have you seen the um, the libertarian movement in Brazil that has brought a lot of American libertarians down? And they they've talked to them all, and they're like, "Wow, okay, we don't want to do it that way." And their their point is libertarian. The libertarian in America that that movement is 
is basically run by old guys in their view, old guys who are in Congress and are trying to do things. And they're like, this has got to be a youth thing. It's got to be outside. And they have made a huge impact. And it's just a group of people who took their time and their talent and started explaining these things online. And they are they are moving the needle down in Brazil. Do you are you aware of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there it's a, it's a huge movement down there. Uh, you can actually find organizations like that all over the world now. I just got back from the Republic of Georgia speaking to about a thousand young libertarian kids. I mean, they're 20 years old and they're and they're looking for for alternatives. But it is that that the ethos in Brazil and other places is very much based on youth. It's it's based on libertarian values and it's a rejection of of the political status quo. They don't they don't find it appealing anywhere across the board. And and yes, uh, American libertarians could learn a lot. American conservatives could learn a lot from from the youth liberty movement across the world. I agree. Um, you just you were just over um, in Georgia. Tell me what you tell me what you're finding over in in Europe. I think things are getting frightening, and you're not hearing about anybody who is standing up, going, "No, neither of those is the answer." Well, it, it, you know this this whole idea that you have to choose between hardcore Marxist violence and Tifa or some some sort of flavor of white nationalism and fascism is this false choice, I think, that, that's trying to be imposed all over the world. And the counter-revolution is, is, again, with young people saying, you know what, neither of those deadly isms, you know, Marxism, fascism, socialism, white nationalism, they're all kind of the same thing. They're all top-down. They're all looking to make us all conform to, to one set of, of, of goals that are imposed by somebody else. And, and people are rejecting that. So I, I think that I, I tend to be an optimist about what's going on, not just in Europe, but in the U.S., because we're in, we're in the middle of this paradigm shift. And it used to be that top-down institutions told us what to think and what to do. And now we're discovering through technology that that's not really the case anymore. We're discovering that, that all politicians lie, um, that, that government institutions don't do what they said they were going to do. And, and, and we're discovering that we're all a little bit different. So we're sort of sorting that out. But the, the solution is not to choose between fascism and socialism. The solution is to choose liberty and, and self-reliance and, and voluntary cooperation and all these beautiful values that you were talking about this earlier. The, the Bill of Rights and, and the American experiment was really built on this stuff. So, Matt, uh, you know, I, I talk to people in Silicon Valley. I follow it very closely. Um, I have been impressed by the number of libertarians that are out there. Um, however, the you know, I'm torn when people say, hey, we've got to have an ASI, uh, uh, you know, Manhattan project uh, because we don't want Russians to get it or China to get it. Well, I don't really want the United States government to either have it. I don't want Google to have it. I don't I don't really want anybody to have it, quite frankly. But we can't put that genie back in the bottle. But Google came out. Uh, a few weeks ago, and they said they're not going to do business with the United States government, even though they will. Um, they're not going to do business with the Pentagon, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but they are doing business with China, which is terrifying. And then Microsoft came out and said, hey, AI, we've got the Pentagon's back. We'll share everything we have with the Pentagon. 
I, yeah. where are the libertarians in uh, Silicon Valley when it comes to uh, China and teaching AI how to kill and control? Yeah, I, I think I think it's a problem, and I don't think that anyone in Silicon Valley is going to step up and protect us from from the abuse of all these technological innovations. You know, the, the entire history of Silicon Valley is really rooted in DARPA and and government contracts in the first place. So, you know, they're gonna they're gonna pursue uh, their profit margins. You know, Amazon is doing the same thing, but. Again, the counter revolution in technology. These are all these are all very top down, controlled um, by by a few actors. Sorts of technologies, and and the next step has to be blockchain technologies that that aren't controlled by you know corporate interests, government interests, anybody's interests. It has to be more bottom up, and and I do believe that that there are uh, technological solutions, and I tend to be quite romantic about what. What, what crypto and blockchain is going to bring to us in the next five years. Matt, um, you've been with CRTV. Now that has become Blaze TV. You are a, a staunch libertarian. There are things that we agree on. Most, I think, we agree on. Many things that we don't agree on. Um, but you are in a company that has uh, anyone from you to Gavin McGinnis to me to Mark Levin uh, to Eric Bowling, all of us, we have so much that we disagree on. How do you, what do you think the, um, why were you willing to take the heat to be the libertarian on CRTV for, for the last few years? Well, you know, libertarians don't neatly fit into any box. So it, it, it wasn't like I could go to um, big libertarian TV and, and, and speak theirs. But I also think, I mean, that the whole concept behind what we're doing is to find that common ground amongst people and ideologies and tribes and, and communities that, that disagree with each other on some pretty important things. And and I think I think that's important. And I, since I left FreedomWorks, I've spent a lot of time, not just talking to conservatives through CRTV, but but talking to libertarians, including big L libertarians at the party, and and also talking to progressives because I think I think there are some common values in there that that do hold us together. And and by the way, those are the values that are that are going to save America from all of this tribal warfare that's tearing us apart those are the values that we all came here for when we were all immigrants we came here for those values uh i mean the people on the border who are crawling across the border now they 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 are you know whether they say it or not they are coming for those values unless they have ill intent they want uh the opportunity to to explore and to break out of their condition they want uh a chance to live in a country that has laws and everybody is treated fairly um and and we're not talking about that we're talking about immigration and this this thing on the border as if that doesn't matter as if the the laws of the land and what they're coming here for don't matter we you know we saw i don't know if you saw the story of um what was the guy's name uh patty was rich friend of clinton a uh, friend of uh, trump was taking the lolita plane what's his name mm. 
you know who I'm talking mm. about, uh, Matt? Yeah, I don't remember his name. The the, the he was taking the Lita plane. What's his name? Yeah, I know. It, you know who I'm talking about? Rich, actually. Uh, what's I his name? Uh, I thought it was Rich, actually. No, uh, no. Anyway, um, but he's he is rich, and he kind of got off. Well, he didn't kind of get off. He got off after eighty women were going to test. Yeah, Epstein. Eighty women were going to testify against him. And he brokered a deal because justice isn't blind in America. It's just not. Yeah. And if we lose yeah. that, we, we lose everything we were. And, and by the way, like that, um, that, that rage against the machine that, that there isn't equal treatment under the law is something that I think animates a lot of, a lot of young people that are attracted to democratic socialism. You know, we all, we've all picked on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but if you go back and look at her original viral campaign video, uh, you, you have to get like 90% through it before you really disagree with anything she's saying, because she's saying that the system is rigged. She's saying that there's this crony collusion mm-hmm. between members of Congress and Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And that could have been a Tea Party ad. And then at the end, they sort of throw on, that's why we need Medicare for all. Right. Um, but the values, the values there are are very much you know it, it could be ron paul it could be bernie mm-hmm. sanders it could be the tea party it it could even be some of the themes that, that donald trump touched on yeah when he was just raging against the swamp uh matt kibbe uh from free the people and you can also uh watch him on blaze tv.com blaze tv.com you can find him uh, there and free the people.org i'd love to have you back on and talk a little bit about free the people.org because i know you're reimagining uh what the Tea Party 2.0 might look like. And I'd love to have that discussion with you. So maybe next time uh, we have you on, Matt. Let's do it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. Matt Kibbe. All right. I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. Simply Safe is a a, um, a system that Pat actually put in his house um, because he got a... uh, uh, just a little bit of a of a raise in the cost. Of, it was only double. But that yeah. was it. But that's all. I mean, how bad is it when it goes from thirty to sixty? Is that a big deal? Thirty to sixty dollars. <laughs> how did they? How did they think know. they would keep you as a I don't customer? Know. I don't know, but they didn't. Fortunately, unbelievable. Um, yeah. And if it wasn't for Simply Safe, you probably still have them. Probably. Um, because everything is uh, all the rest of them are the same, you know. Yeah. They would have sold Pat if they would have done that. They said, "Well, we have to use our keypads and we have to put our stuff in it," mm-hmm. and then you're back into the same game. Simply Safe, you own the system, and there's no wiring. So if you're going to move, you can easily move and take the stuff with you. If you're in an apartment, you can you can do that. The most important thing is is you're in control of this, and it is not expensive. I mean, you know, it's still a high level security system, but it is not what you've been paying monthly, month after month after month after month. You were so overpaid, and if you want the twenty four seven monitoring. It only costs you $14.99 a month. So Pat went from 60 to $14.99. And he doesn't have a contract. Sounds like a pretty good pretty deal. Pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. Simplysafebeck.com. Go to simplysafebeck.com. Order your system. Get it this holiday deal that they have they're offering right now on the website and get it for the holidays because uh, crime really goes up uh, at this time of the year. Simplysafebeck.com. So the weirdest thing ha- has happened to my wife and I. Um, we sold our house 
uh, last Friday. Now, I had to go and close on the house on Thursday with the title on Wednesday for the title company because I was going on tour. And this buyer of the house uh, was like, I you got to close right away. Uh, I want the house. I'm going to pay cash for it. And we're like, wow, really? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, mm. you know, he's checked out. He has the money, blah, 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 blah. Or he has the position to have the money. And so uh, we close. And on Friday, he closes. All the signatures, everything happens. But then the money's not transferred. And so the title company is like, uh, where's the money? And he's like, oh, my God. It was Friday. Oh, my gosh. Did that not transfer? Yeah. <laughs> I am calling that bank. Well, it's uh, 5 o'clock now. Oh, crap. All right. Well, Monday. First thing, it'll be there Monday. It just must have got held, back, held up. Then Monday, no money transfer. Uh, and then, uh, and then it, he called and, or we called him and he's like, I'm in a meeting right now. I'll call you right back. <laughs> and then like three hours later, we have to call him like, Hey, oh, dude, where's the money? Uh, oh my gosh. Is it still not there? Okay. Well, I'm calling him right now. And so he called nothing. Okay. Then five o'clock come. It still hasn't transferred. You know what? I'm telling you right now. I've had it. I am going <laughs> to the bank. The first thing tomorrow morning myself, the next day. He blames the money not coming because the bank didn't do any wiring because it was closed because of George H.W. Bush's funeral. And uh, I'm like, wow, I don't know what country that is, but the <laughs> banks were open here. Uh, and did they uh, close only in Houston? Only in Houston. Is that what apparently. happened? Yes. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. So this goes on. So finally, on Wednesday, we said, dude. By 5 p.m. tomorrow, you're officially in default and it's over. He he was still yesterday when it was all over. Came actually came over a Thursday. I think it was 9 a.m. and he was still writing all day yesterday. Going, I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm just. Uh, I. I can't tell. You, I've got my lawyers talking to the bank. We asked, well, what's the federal tracking number? And he's like, they didn't give me one. Wait, you gave that amount of money and you didn't ask for a receipt? What are you insane? So we could we were like, wow. is this guy nuts? Is he or is he is he just a scam so artist? a scam artist? Is he so out of touch with other people's lives? What the hell was that all about? That's it bizarre. was just bizarre. A real estate agent said, never seen anything like this happen. They're like, we've wow. seen a lot of things. We've never seen that. We don't because nobody. What is the deal? And, and he's still doing it today. He's like, no, I really want that. the money. I, it's coming. I can't get it transferred. <laughs> I'm like, where are you calling from? Venezuela? What, what is this? Is the Glenn Beck program. Well, I don't know if you've seen the uh, latest from the uh, left on Christmas, but mm. um, apparently Jesus had two dads. Uh, and I just like to point out, yes, well, yeah. yes, he did. Yes, I'm glad <laughs> you finally admit that. Mm -hmm. Yes, he had Joseph and and, and God. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you. I I appreciate that. I'm going to make T-shirts. You finally get it. Jesus had two dads, just not the two you think they are. <laughs> Joseph and I don't know Steve. Uh, but uh, yes, he did have two dads. Uh, but now there's you know uh, that. Uh, 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 Jesus had two moms, Mary and Mary, or Mary and, and, and another, I don't know, Esther or whoever. Um, and, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, no, uh -uh. 
Hmm, no, no. <laughs> just historically, hmm. I'm pretty sure that's not the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no. the, even without the God thing and the star and the wise men, nope, uh-uh, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. Not a lot of that going on back then. Well, there might have a lot of been a lot of that going on, uh, you know, but not openly and no. uh, not with everybody's blessing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just want to point that out. Just want to point that out. But now there's a uh, there's a professor at Minnesota State University, associate professor, who said that there is no definition of consent that constitutes God impregnating the Virgin Mary. Wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Let me it's, it's, uh, wait. I, this is so a it, Me Too movement for, for the Mary. Virgin Mary. The Virgin now. Mary. <laughs> yeah, Mary did not give consent, consent to God when specifically in the Bible it says she actually did. Uh, but this Minnesota professor suggested in a series of tweets that the Virgin Mary did not consent to the conception of Jesus. Where? Where? Show me the consent. Show me the consent in the Bible. Uh, well, I have to go to the book of uh, Matthew and Luke, and we'll point that out in a second. Oh, yeah, you're hesitating mm-hmm. now. You're hesitating. Um, but he suggested that God may have acted in a predatory manner. I mean, this is just this is just flat out blasphemy. They, first of all, they don't scary. believe in God. True, they don't believe. There's no way True. this guy believes in God because you're right. You would not. Yeah, you, you would, would not, not say, say that about God if you right. believed it. God is right. not a rapist. Right. Exactly. God couldn't be God if he acted in a predatory manner. Correct. Correct. Um, but he's a. Uh, psychology professor and a sex therapist and he critiqued the story of the virgin mary in his tweets suggesting that the virgin mary did not consent the virgin birth story is about an all-knowing all-powerful deity impregnating a human teen there is no definition of consent that would include that scenario happy holidays okay yes. first of all thank you yeah thank, thank you. you no i'm gonna tell that warm story around the fireplace <laughs> with my kids in a couple of weeks right after i do the grinch story yeah, I'm not telling yeah. This one. <laughs> by the way kids first we're gonna read luke but i want you to remember god's a rapist uh <laughs> doesn't really work jesus was a product of a rape so he's reminded that you know consent is given in scripture um and then he comes out with this tweet that the power difference Deity versus mortal. <laughs> and the potential for violence oh for God. saying no I I negates the yes. We could have written this literally as a parody. And you wouldn't believe it. And yeah. then it, it happens in real life. You don't even have to parody. You don't ha- it, this is why there is no comedy. You don't comedy even have a anyway. chance to do parody. This is why comedy is dead. Mm-hmm. You can't even make can't. that up. You can't. Five years ago, we could have done that as a bit. Yeah. The power dynamic between God and Mary. <laughs> <laughs> she, she can't consent because of the power dynamic. Oh, man. It is unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. Well, the reason why I want you to look this up, uh, please, it, yes. her consent is because okay. was it signed by her? Do you have it on video? I do not have it on what video. What did she say? What was he proposing? <laughs> what did he say? And... Was there at any time that she that she said, you know what, uh, it was just a crazy night. Uh, you know, I was just so impressed with the power dynamic. I mean, he right. was God. I was an impressionable teenager. <laughs> uh, no matter what I said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> he made me say yes. Um, okay, so let's yeah, see. go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm go ahead. I'm, I want to find the contract. I'm, I'm looking. Uh, are, does it need to be in triplicate? 
Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I prefer it in video. Okay, so in the, I'm looking at the King James version. So you know, if you want to, if you want to take, yeah, go issue ahead. No, with you're that. white power. Go ahead. Um, uh, <laughs> see, yeah, it's yeah. okay. You see your I'm signature for anywhere? The, see any signatures? There's no signature. There's no signature. There's no signature. No. There okay. is, it's not signed in, in so, duplicate so or triplicate. This is just, man, that changes everything. That changes the story of Christmas entirely. Yeah, it really does. Kind of takes the ho-ho-ho out of the holidays. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> there is no signature page here, though. Wow. And there is no video. And there's no recording of it. Well, other than the written. Uh, and by the way, it was the Holy Spirit. It wasn't even God. He had some. All right. It's the Holy Spirit's like, you know, some, I don't right. even know who he is. I mean, who's that guy? I mean, like the attorney, he coming down trying to bro. He's like Cohen. Is that who he is? <laughs> Michael Cohen? I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. There's no. Had signature. he even been to law school? Had he been was to it, law school? Was it all legally handled? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Mary was coerced. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable. You really can't make it up. No, I know. I know. It uh, you, it and doesn't it, even have time to be an SNL skit. And what? How do you build on that to make it crazier? This is the problem that comedians are facing. Mm-hmm. You say so. The idea is you take something and then you take it to the nth degree. That used to be easy, and, and then it becomes funny. Yeah, but when the nth degree is the reality, right? Well, like like. Like 10 years ago, I could have said, yeah, and you know what's next? Donald Trump's going to be president. And it would have been funny 10 years ago. (laughs) But when that's your reality, you know, you got no place to go. You have no place to go. When they're saying Mary didn't consent and she was underage, you know, well, I think the age disparity between Mary and God is pretty big yeah i think it's wide (laughs) wide disparity it's pretty wide Mm -hmm. you know calling a cradle robber isn't going far enough (laughs) when you've lived for eternity and she's 17 i mean what do you even talk about yeah not much you know i mean what do you even have in common you're creating universes what is she doing riding a donkey (laughs) please you're so right all right. Uh, our sponsor this half hour is uh, Car Shield. When it comes to costly car repairs, you need some options. Um, and here's the option. Don't pay for it. Now, you can do this a couple of ways. You can do this with a gun. Uh, or you can say, uh, I got Car Shield. And Car Shield covers it. Extended vehicle protection from Car Shield. They make the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super, super easy. I mean, some of these sensors... What, $1,000? I think my son had a sensor go on his car for the brakes. And I'm like, eh, you got a car and my daughter has a separate car, right? That the kid's in? He's like, yeah. Is this your car? Yeah. Eh, don't worry about that sensor. (laughs) Anyway, uh, it it was like $3,000 to fix this thing. For for a sensor? It was a sensor and something else. But it was three grand. Well, they didn't have three grand sitting around in the bank. And, you know, that, that kind of stuff can be bone crunching. You know, you go in oh, yeah. and you have to have something fixed for $800. That, 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 could, that could make me making the rent not making the rent or the house payment. How do you do that? You need to be covered in extended vehicle protection, whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles. Uh, please get yourself covered and don't be stuck in that. Now, some deductibles may apply. Call 800-CAR-6100. If you mention the promo code BECK 
or visit carshield.com and use the promo code back. You'll save 10%. Please find out about CarShield. It could save your bacon. And yes, I know that offends both vegans, vegetarians, and Muslims. But I didn't mean it as an offense. I don't know if that will make a difference. But now I know I'll never host the Oscars. Visit carshield.com, promo code back, 1-800-CAR-6100, or carshield.com. All right, here's the exact words of Mary. Mm-hmm. We're told she, she, couldn't, she didn't give consent. Yeah, Mary in the, in the Bible. In the Bible. Yeah. When she's told by the angel, right. okay, you're, this Holy Spirit's going to overcome you, and you're going mm-hmm. to give birth to a baby. And she mm-hmm. said, how is this to be? And the angel explains it to her. Mm-hmm. And then Mary said... Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Listen to that. So she's, she's, she's so quoting. She, she so said yes. She said about, she was like, behold, look at uh, Margaret Atwood's uh, story about Handmaiden's Tale. Right? That's what she's saying there? <laughs> no, that's not. No. She, no, no, she wasn't. The, the Handmaid Tale hadn't debuted yet. Oh, really? Not yet. Not quite okay, yet. Okay. All right. TV, well, so, yeah. So, okay. Okay. All so right. the consent is there, however... The power so dynamic. is the power dynamic. Yeah, I mean, consent can't God, be given. I mean, if you read his first book, he gets yeah. angry a lot. <laughs> he does. You know? and she may have been afraid of losing right. her job. Right? She was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't I, know. He could fire me. If I say no, uh, I might be out of a job. I, I might know. not get this storyline. I've been working right. this my whole life for this storyline <laughs> in this book, and uh, and he's a hothead sometimes. Uh, so. so. So <laughs> it's crazy. There's another story out that we touched on this week um, that uh, that I'd like to get your opinion on. And that is okay. that uh, males today are, uh, quote, abandoning the traditional male masculine attributes and masculine values. values. Yeah. And uh, I read this story and I thought, I don't think those are masculine values. Yeah, this uh, what is a masculine value that we're pumping iron all the time or uh, isn't that what you got from it too beating on people yes yeah you yeah. get the, the, the taking the out your body aggression. and yeah and you're and you're pumping iron and you're it's like the village people song right macho man everybody I, wants to be a macho man I have get, the kind of body always in demand yeah, okay and i wouldn't say that the village people were exactly masculine <laughs> Uh, you know, and so it's a combination uh-huh. of the village people and what, uh, you know, World Wrestling Federation. Right. You know, that's yes. not that's that's, that's not, not right. that's certainly not you and me. <laughs> Can I tell you something that if any of that, you know, good looking, pumping iron, being really physical fit Rambo kind of stuff, all of that mm-hmm. cartoon stuff. That is not what uh, I mean. Look at Cary Grant. Cary Grant was the sex symbol for how long? Oh, big time. You ever see him years. in movies when he takes off his shirt? You're like, he's not ripped. You're not really. He didn't have a six pack. He got a little flat map in yeah. there. I mean, I'm feeling a little better about a, myself. He had a normal, normal body. Normal body. Normal body. Yeah. I mean, he was in good shape, but it was normal. This this whole thing of being all muscular and ripped and all that stuff, that's new. And that's, by the way, that's not True. a value. That's a trend. That's a fad. That's a fashion. A value I, I mean, I. What do you look at as traditional masculine values? I look at it as being a good husband and father. Me too. Uh, being somebody doing who, your best, to doing your best to support your family. Correct. Do what you have to do mm-hmm. in a good, positive way yep. to support your family, to make the sacrifices uh, for your family, to raise good, decent sons, 
to raise mm-hmm. good, decent daughters, to have a good relationship, to leave your community better, or your, at least your family, better than the way you found it. And to, my father told me, the job of a son is to pick up the ball from his father when he leaves it on the field, see if his father was running in the right direction, and if so, take it the rest of the take way. Take it the rest of the way, or or yeah, you'll ne- knowing you'll never make a touchdown, just continue to make the family better. Take it as far as you can. Right. That's yeah. isn't that what it should be? Well, and the the article claimed that. Uh, we're ditching the traditional masculine values and we're now more likely to embrace emotional strength. I were you ever taught as a uh, man as a male growing up that emotional strength wasn't a positive attribute? How do you mean work? wait, how do you mean emotional strength? Because uh, like I saw George Bush all weekend and all week at the 400 funerals his he had to attend mm-hmm. and and, and he cried his, i think at all of them right but he also had tremendous emotional strength he yeah he he held back mm-hmm. he cried but he held that back and he was when when the guy was thinking enough to bring something for michelle obama to hand to her as a gift michelle obama at his own father's funeral that's a good man that's a man who right. is showing emotional strength. You notice how he would smile and try to uplift others. You know, the guy was dying inside. His dad just died. Yes, yeah. that, 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 there's nothing yeah. more traditional than the way he behaved. But this research from uh, the University of Br- British Columbia apparently showed younger men tend to value selfishness, social engagement, and health over traditional male values like physical strength and autonomy oh selflessness so selflessness so that means that your that traditional is, male value would be to be, be selfish. selfish no and not no, engage. those are not traditional those are not traditional not. values they may have been the values of this last generation but selflessness tell me the greatest generation wasn't selfless oh Tell Absolutely me our tell were. me our grandparents weren't the selfless. sacrifice they gave. Oh my gosh! Tell me Way the pioneers beyond. were not selfless. Tell me the mm-hmm. the 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 pilgrims weren't selfless. They were selfless. This it was is, it was these people would when it was okay to defend a woman. People would defend a woman at their own life or own expense. Mm-hmm. They would try to stand for, you know, to help the the poor or the the downtrodden at their own expense. Now, not all of them, but what we've always taught as something to strive to that. This is why chivalry dying is so bad. Tell me how chivalry mm-hmm. was selfish, self uh, uh, selfish. It wasn't. Not at all. Not, Not at all. all. Is chivalry has absolutely everything the opposite to do with selfishness. But this is why it's so hard growing up now being a male because you're bashed with this kind of stuff all the time, nonstop. Your toxic masculinity stuff. Really, really damaging, I think. Have a great weekend. Try to relax. Stay stay safe. Get your holiday shopping done and love somebody in the moment. Just love them with everything you have. Mercury.